0: Well, yep. Uh-huh. Mm, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the carburetor. Or the catalytic converter. Or the catalytic converter. Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RC Roundtable podcast. Uh, and we are Lee free today. Oh, Leeless. Leeless. <laughs> so it's just me, Fitzwalker, Walker and Terry Dunn. Hello there. I guess it's, uh, I'm deserving of this cause I wasn't at the last episode that we had. Uh, yeah. I don't think he did it out of
1: spite, but it could be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was Dingly. more
1: thinking maybe because he did that bonus episode with Vic uh, Moss. Maybe. Oh he was- yeah taking the day off.
0: He's all recorded out. Yeah, could be. Maybe he's the one that went diva on us.
1: But no matter how you look at it, I guess I'm supposed to sit out the next one. Yeah, it's your turn. All
0: right. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, makes sense. Since if you guys do anything next week, I'm going to be gone. I'm going out of town.
1: Okay. For fun, I hope?
0: Uh, I hope, but not really. It's uh, okay. gotcha. one of those... I have to go to take care of some uh, personal business, but hopefully I can make some fun out of it.
1: Okay. So not RC related, but no. RC may sneak in.
0: RC may sneak in. Yes. Okay. Because where I'm going, I have a good friend who's also an RC person and maybe we can sneak out at some point, but we'll see. Uh, I'll be uh, in the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? The Palmetto State of South Carolina.
1: Oh, Okay. There's got to be something going on there next weekend.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm sure there will be. we will find something. Yeah. Or make, we'll it, make, do. So. I'll make okay. it so. Make it so. calls the cost, 213 Mach 9. All right, so what do we have to talk about? I don't think there was any new products really released this week. Was there? No, project? I was checking
1: earlier today, and it's been kind of light. So um, maybe tomorrow they'll all get broadcast out. But I didn't yeah. see anything even from Horizon this week. Hmm. Um, I don't think but, they've had a whole lot. What's, a, what, what's that? Well, you know, they were on a schedule there for a while of doing, like, one yeah. a week or every other week or something. So, mm. yeah, yeah, maybe they just they couldn't maintain that pace forever.
0: There was something that got spilled and they had to remove it off the website. I'm trying to remember <gasps> what it was. They had something a couple of weeks ago or so popped up. It didn't have a picture. It was just a placeholder, and people were like, hey, what's this? And they were like, oh, no, no, that was an accident. You didn't see that.
1: <laughs> you think that w- maybe that was just some clever marketing? Building <laughs> the hype. Be.
0: Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, any news is good news, right? Or any media?
1: No such uh, thing as bad press.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. No such thing as bad press. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of when the I was, I've been watching the, uh, Netflix has a documentary. It's a little bit old, I think it's about 10 years old, on Monty Python, of all things. Huh. Okay. It's been really good, actually. It's been really learning a lot of stuff. And they have interviews with all the surviving members at the time and that kind of stuff. And they were talking about the movie Life of Brian
1: uh-huh.
0: when it came out. And it had some controversy. People, were, people who hadn't really seen it were thinking it was uh, blasphemous and that kind of stuff. And uh, the, the the Pythons were like, hey, this is great, man. We're getting all this press couldn't ask for a better uh, PR.
1: (laughs) Even the people who think they might hate it are going to watch it to see if they hate it.
0: Yeah, they said said that they probably picked up another million views or something like that, just from people seeing the controversy and wanting to see what it's all about.
1: Huh, interesting.
0: So we should do something on a show that causes controversy so people listen to us, right?
1: Yeah, let's build some buzz.
0: Build some buzz, yeah.
1: (laughs) And and I'll start by rekindling the Civil War. Uh, You just revealed your northern roots in that. Because you said documentary. Yes. Anybody from the South would say documentary. Oh. (laughs) And I noticed that was one of the first things we noticed when uh, we moved to Buffalo is that people say documentary and elementary. Elementary. Instead of elementary school, it's elementary school. Elementary. What the heck are they talking about?
0: Is that Lancaster? They say Lancaster?
1: Uh, Gosh, I don't know. (laughs) Lancaster. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't picked up on that one. There is a, a Lancaster, New York, just a few miles from me. Yeah. So. And then, of course, the one in Pennsylvania is a little bit further away. But huh, I'll have to investigate that one. So
0: anyway. Yeah, it's funny the, uh, the, the or language creeps in. I've been southernized a little bit, but, yeah, I still have my – still say things.
1: Yeah, you it's can excellent. take the boy out of Connecticut. but you know. <laughs> Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah well. all right so
1: i heard from uh, a little birdie that you maidened two airplanes last weekend oh
0: man i had a maiden maidenorama this past i've been flying a lot of stuff over the past week or two so yes i did and spoiler alert they all went pretty well oh uh,
1: <laughs> you need to work on this whole drama part
0: uh there i was at the end of the runway
1: cut to commercial
0: so the the, the first thing is uh in one of our live shows i talked about how i had picked up a free wing mig 21 at a swap meet uh somebody offered me a a deal i couldn't refuse i kind of always wanted one it's a neat looking plane uh but i wasn't never got around to shelling out the the cash for one so i was at a fly-in it was the uh, i think the cubs and cousins fly-in that the local club had here that we had that doesn't really fit
1: the profile
0: yeah, it's kind of weird, but there was a guy there that had a whole bunch of planes. Yeah, had some nice stuff just kind of spread out. And, of course, it, it spoke to me. <laughs> it was sitting there on a chair. Like, hey, that's some Freewing MiG-21. No, nah, I don't want to buy another. But let me ask him how much he wants for it. So when he told me what he wanted for, I was like, you have my interest. Now, there was a caveat. It did not have a fan motor or speed controller in it. Uh, so... But so still. I was
1: curious, maybe you don't know the history on it, but how would you end up with a model like that? Did he scavenge that one to repair another one or something?
0: Oh, yes. He had taken the fan out. I think he had a Habu, as a matter of fact. And he didn't like the power setup in it, the stock power setup. You see, he thought it was a little weak. So he had read that the uh, motion, not motion, I'm sorry, the free wing setup mm-hmm. uh, was pretty good. It was a, a bit of an upgrade. So he had taken that out. And he's taken the power setup out of the MIG and stuck it into the Habu. And I don't know what he did with the fan that was in the MIG. I mean, that was in the Habu. He didn't put it in the MIG, but right. whatever. Maybe he had another use for it. But that was okay. In fact, that was perfect because I had an extra 80 millimeter fan out of of a free wing plane. <laughs> if you recall, I had taken the fan out of my Mirage, my free wing Mirage slash Kefir conversion. Because it wasn't quite peppy enough. And I had put in an upgrade fan in the in the kefir.
1: Okay.
0: And that worked pretty good. So I had this other fan. It was perfectly fine. Just was just sitting in a drawer. And I thought, well, I wonder if it's a better fit for the MIG. So that was kind of the big experiment. It's like, well, it, was, it wasn't quite peppy enough for my Mirage. But how will it do with the MIG? Which is different wing area, different design.
1: Sure. Um,
0: and when I was looking at the MIG, I realized, hey, wait a minute. The MIG's got... Bigger cheater holes, it's got more inlet area. Um, it, maybe it'll be just fine. So I stuck it in there. I had a speed controller already as well. So Is it a bolt in fit? It was a bolt in fit. Fit like nice. a glove.
1: Cool. Nice Is there about a tail cone on
0: it or tailpipe? It, well, there's exhaust ducting, I should yeah, say. Yeah, there's exhaust ducting, just a stock. Okay, you don't
1: have to ducting. roll a tube or anything.
0: No, so. no, no, there's no tube. Okay. It's built into the foam. So it's like a slot in the foam for the inlet. Four screws to hold it in. So it did fit right in there. No problems. Fit like a glove. Uh, it was funny. The first speed controller I tried ended up having a dud BEC. I didn't realize it. So I, I did, had to mark that one. But I had another smaller but higher power speed controller in another plane I took out. Oh. It was way too much for that particular plane. I don't know why I put it in there. I must have just had it laying around. So anyway, so put it all together and uh, download instructions, set up the controls. And off I went to the local flying field, and uh, it was neat because we had some also people you know from the J.C. Club was there. A particular mm-hmm. guy who likes to fly jets was there with his. He had an F four and a F sixteen that he was
1: oh, flying. Were the adversaries?
0: Yes. So uh, I put the thing on the runway. Took off and it was uh, just a couple clicks of trim and it was off and running. It was flying really nice. Well, I'm looking at
1: Motion RC's website right now and they've got pictures of this thing and it looks like one of these pictures. Um, our friend Evelyn is holding the Big Twenty One.
0: Yeah,
1: and th- this is not a small airplane.
0: It's long. <laughs> it's really yeah, long. It's <laughs> taller
1: than Evelyn. It, she's sitting <laughs> on the nose cone and it it's taller than her by a good margin.
0: Yes. It's like a uh, Starfighter. It's really long with not that much wingspan on it.
1: Okay. okay. All right. go ahead. You So, you took it off. just barely
0: fits in my car.
1: And this is a success system?
0: Yep, 6S. And success. And you upgraded the Mirage
1: to an S or something like that?
0: No, Mirage still has a success. I just changed okay, it just... higher KV motor, I think slightly different fan.
1: Gotcha, just a hotter success.
0: Okay. Just a hotter, yeah. A hotter All setup. Right. Carry on. So, uh, it, it it took off pretty easily um a little bit of trims like i said and it was it's a nice handling plane uh it's surprisingly maneuverable uh the thing kind of turns on a dime which really crank it oh okay uh it's a little hard to see sometimes uh, There there's a couple of times where you know somebody was standing next to me was like i don't know which way it's going you know, <laughs> yours like, is ah.
1: silver with the green panels
0: yeah mine's a silver okay. one and a person painted some green panels because he also found it a little hard to see
1: Oh, okay, because some of the pictures on here show the green panels, too. So I didn't oh, know did if that they? was a factory really? option. Ooh, maybe not the same as yours, though.
0: Okay. Yeah, his is definitely painted. You can see the brush strokes and stuff and how he painted it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, silver's uh, tough. It's tough, yeah. It's just, even with the green, it's kind of hard to see depending on where the sun is. But it's stable, and you just kind of remember where you were doing with it last. Uh, but that said, I had a lot of fun flying it. I flew it several times. It looks great on low flybys. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's got such a neat retro futuristic look to it. Very distinct lines to it. Uh it's a really nice handling plane. It's nothing to be afraid of. Uh I flew it in formation, loose formation with the F four that the other guy brought. Oh, I cool. Flew around a little bit. Uh I I had I think I had the speed advantage on him. Right. Uh but uh we were I just we throttle back and just kind of tooled around with each other real nice. Uh nice handling with the flaps. The thing lands really nice.
1: Huh. Yeah, it looks kind of small, but...
0: With the flaps, drop the flaps, it actually slows down pretty good. And it settles down to really nice flare. Okay, cool. Uh, And um,
1: the ailerons seem a little bit small for me, and you like super touchy ailerons. Did it satisfy?
0: Yeah, it satisfied. They're just fine. Okay. Uh, They're not overly sensitive, but it's not... uh, You don't put a lot of throw in them, so there's room to spare. Okay. The stock setup is pretty good. Uh, as far as what they recommend, I had two rates, and so I th- can't remember if I flew in a low or high rate. I think mostly the low rates. Delta wings generally usually have a really responsive aileron, so. Um. Right. It, it, interesting, though, it needs a lot of elevator throw, presumably because it's a short coupled, maybe, or the, oh. the way it's set up. Maybe because it's a split. It's not a full flying stab, so it needed quite a bit of elevator throw, but per the manual, so.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, but very nice plane. It's definitely a keeper. I'm going to keep that one around for a while. Uh, and you can... you like the power system? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. The power setup is just fine.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Now, does that reflect what it would have had if you had bought it with the power system?
0: Uh, I think the stock might be just a touch more powerful. I saw a video of our, our friend um, uh, Tony, Tony Accurso, mm-hmm. doing a demo with one he had. And he really put it through his paces, and it seemed maybe slightly more powerful. I think his vertical may be slightly better, straight up vertical kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I had to play my own, around with my a little more, but still, I was I was completely happy with the power setup. So if it is, if it was a little more powerful, it's just icing on the cake for, for okay. me. It was for what I had. I was really happy that it worked as well as it did, and uh, I don't see me changing the power setup at all.
1: All right, cool. And do so, you think it'll get off grass? or Is this a Paved runway
0: airplane. uh Yeah, it'll, yeah, I think it will.
1: It's Russian. It's got to go off the grass.
0: Yeah, it's a It's Russian. We don't need a stink <laughs> into the runway. In fact, I had initially attended to bring it up to Lee's Field and fly it off of grass, uh, but I ended up flying it off of a paved runway because it was available and it was going off for something else.
1: Yeah, if you got it, might as well yeah,
0: use it. I got to use it, but maybe next time. I do want to try it. But the wheels are fairly large for its size, so it should be okay. okay. I'm Does it come links. with
1: any ordnance or anything?
0: Yes, but I didn't get them. Uh, the guy had forgotten them. So okay. there is a couple of little drop tanks, I think, it comes okay. with. So he didn't have them, but it wasn't a big deal. I the, can, No missiles or anything? No, I think they're just little drop tanks, I think. There was something well, that I goes see under the, the
1: wing. T- yeah, I see drop tanks online. They're under wing. Yeah. But, yeah. So, now, okay. I typically fly my jets clean anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll... I'll dirty them up for, if it's a review, I'll dirty them up for photos. But, yeah, I typically like to fly them clean after that. I'm not sure why. Yeah, Even probably... the A-10. Really? Yeah. I'm weird that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you're just weird.
1: Yeah. sound like my mother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, if anybody's sitting on the fence about one, it's a nice little plane. I'm real happy with it. Nice flying. Uh, oh, I did. I have been thinking about changing the paint scheme on it.
1: Oh, there's uh, so many cool ones you could pick.
0: Yeah, most of them are kind of rubbish, but uh, I did find... <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> did, you need, did you use the English term? Well, a lot, most of them are camo, and I don't like okay. camo for the most part. Yeah, okay. It's like all different types of camo. There's a lot. There's a lot to choose from. But I did find a couple that I really like, and one was I didn't know it even existed, and it's delightfully goofy, but I'm going to see if I can reproduce it. So, hmm. we'll see.
1: Is it Russian or one of the satellite countries? Or? No,
0: it's from apparently some sort of civil war in Africa. Ah, huh. It was like, you know, in, Angola was fighting um, Zimbabwe or something like that. I don't <laughs> that. And <laughs> and some some fighter pilot had his custom paint scheme uh, on it. And they, they only had like two or three MiGs. It wasn't like anything big, but apparently... It existed. You look at it as like, that didn't exist. No way did that exist, but apparently it was a real thing.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, there you go. And yeah. no
0: spoilers? No spoilers. Okay. Well, you might have steal it. <laughs>
1: From what it sounds like, that shouldn't yeah. be a concern.
0: <laughs> so, so Well, I'm glad that
1: worked out for you. It's a neat airplane.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it is, too, because I've kind of been eyeballing for some time and like, I finally got one. Yay. <laughs> uh so a second plane uh i told you i don't know if i told anybody our audience but i have one of the new uh, e-flight 1.5 meter p-51s
1: now you've been very secretive about that one i
0: think yes well i can say it now because by the time people listen to this it'll have the video will have been published oh really yep it's uh in fact it's ready now i'm just was just working on the thumbnail just before we did this recording so once i finish this i'll it's already uploaded is it uploaded yeah it's already uploaded so i just need to make it live and add a thumbnail and some text and it'll be done cool uh so anyways this is the big one this is a really a large model it's this 1.5 meter and you think
1: eh. before yeah. we move on this yeah. video is going to be on your uh hobby
0: view channel yes the hobby view okay. you're not a subscriber you ought to be <laughs> Yes, I have my own YouTube channel called Hobby View One Word. You can do a YouTube search I've, where I do reviews mostly, but I have some live shows and some other things, random stuff I do. And so this mm-hmm. is a, a Hobby View exclusive. Not re- not really exclusive, but, <laughs> but <laughs> Hobby View specific, not for any of the magazine stuff I sometimes do. Right. And this one I went up to Lee's Club uh, as, to use his video services, him and his son, And as usual, they did an excellent job.
1: And we'll have to talk about that in a minute. You got some new footage with the Chase Quad.
0: Yes. Um, Yes. So this is uh, just a real quick background. I think, I don't know if we've talked about this plane on the show, but this is a P-51D. Runs off of a 6S5 to 7,000 milliamp hour battery pack, and I'll get to that in a minute. Now, is that the same thing you used in the MiG-21? Same size? Yeah. I think the same battery pack. Okay. The 5,000, yeah. success. Okay. yep. All so, right, and so you know, not
1: to, I'm sorry to keep uh, stonewalling you here, but uh, what can on stuff that big with that kind of power, what connectors are you using? I am using the,
0: what are those, the EC5s?
1: Okay, so the Horizon connectors. The Horizon connectors,
0: yeah. yeah. I've okay. started slowly switching over to those EC5s um, in various things. Uh, I think the Free Wings were already using those, and so I kind of had a bunch of packs already. And then now I have some, several horizon planes that are using those as well. So for the larger stuff, in fact, I even took, it's going to be blasphemy. I know too bad Lee's not here, but, uh, (laughs) my old, uh, chaos 60, um, had thermos connectors or power poles. Now it has the, the EC fives in it. I switched over. Because also wow. runs off of a 6S. Yeah, I can't believe I did that. I Who are you it's... and what have you done with Fitz? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm just a doppelganger. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I don't I know, I know how I can live with myself. <laughs> but, anyways, uh, so I'm starting to have quite a few plans that are running off these 6S packs. So they're getting pretty, getting to be almost like to having a, the 3S 2200s. Mm-hmm. yeah very and popular popularity. yeah so uh the nice thing about this p51 is it's actually loaded with a lot of features it, it has uh, of course flaps and retracts which is expected. Uh, well it's it a, big a big airplane it's a big plane meter. What, yes. how does that
1: translate to
0: american something like 60 inches really okay yeah right at That's 60 inches big so it's pretty big and it's got these uh neat uh removable wingtips so instead of the wing halves or the whole wing removal, you, you can pop off these wing tips. They just snap in and then snap off. There's no screws or anything holding them on. It kind of just a keeper mechanism.
1: So yeah. there's a, a plastic snap. Yeah. And that mechanically holds the wing in place and also secures your radio connections.
0: Yeah, there's a built-in connector that that plugs in. Self-aligning connector that plugs in automatically as you plug in the wing tips.
1: Oh, huh, so that's like the Jesus snap.
0: It's a Jesus snap, yes. Well, there's yeah. two Jesus snaps, so it's, okay. it's single fault tolerant. Right. Huh, uh, okay. So it, it's not too bad. It's, it, it snaps in really good, so I'd be impressed if they came off. All right, fair enough. Um, let's see, it says lights. Also sequencing doors, the gear doors. So the P-51 has... Sequencing? Sequencing, yeah. The, the center what? gear doors for the main gear. Sequence, and also has geared doors for the tailwheel, which also retracts.
1: Okay. And is it like a real P-51 that the inner doors retract when the gear's down?
0: Yes. That's the sequencing oh. part. Yeah. So the cool. inner gear doors and the main gears will open first, the main gears will pop out, and then the inner gear doors will close themselves again.
1: Huh. All right. And is it all servo-driven?
0: Yes. All right. Interesting. So, well, the retracts themselves are servo but the doors are servo-driven. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. And re- you said retractable tailwheel with doors.
0: Yes. yes. Dadgum. All right, go yeah. ahead. So, yeah, you're getting a lot of, uh, what else? Uh, so it has the new telemetry receiver on it, the six-channel. Uh, if you have a compatible spectrum radio, it can send telemetry. It talks to the speed controller and it can send you voltage information, RPM information, current, temperature. Uh, I think it has a Vario as well. Uh, and some other things. Of all those features, what do you find helpful? Uh, the most one is the voltage. Yeah, that's I, what I would think. I can program in an actual uh, minimum voltage I want to fly at, and then it can warn me when I that to that point and I can land, instead of using a timer, which is sort of open-loop kind of dumb. Yeah. And I'm trying and to I,
1: think of when I would ever want to know the RPM real-time. Yeah.
0: Uh, RPM would be good, not real time, but it is good if you want to test props, if you want to see the performance of the prop yeah. and how many amps it pulls. I did that in my um, Hellcat. Okay. It gave me can an you idea. get real
1: time amperage readings?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, t- I can see that. telemetry.
1: I can see voltage and amperage. But, all right.
0: Yeah, those are good for on the workbench, particularly.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: It's not something that's easy to see while you're flying. you got to look down at your transmitter. How many RPM? Oh, crap. So. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: there any logging capability? I think I asked you these same questions when you talked about the Hellcat, but logging I'll capability. ask again. Like, you're I... getting this telemetry. Can you log that telemetry coming good from the plane, or, I don't or is it? I maybe
0: in remember. maybe might be in the speed controller, but don't quote me on that. I keep forgetting to look. It's a good question. Okay. All
1: right, that's your homework.
0: That's my homework to see what word logging. Okay. Yeah. All right, hope there's not a quiz at the end of the week. <laughs> there will be. Uh, and the interesting thing is the propeller it has a scale four-bladed propeller, but it's not a one-piece propeller. You've got to sort of build it. Each blade has uh, individual screws that you plug, screw into a hub, and then assemble onto okay. the uh, motor. So that's and a little interesting.
1: The only question that pops in my mind when you start talking about that is, does it run true? You've got a big old spinner and then a multi-piece propeller
0: yeah it does, does it work okay. it it runs true it doesn't spin at a really high rate of speed anyways because mm-hmm. it's so big but it does run true uh is for just two screws per prop so that's self-aligning there's nothing really to adjust anyways mm-hmm. so everything kind of self-aligns if there's something out of whack maybe something melted it's the only thing i can think of uh but it turns out that the whole setup is actually really efficient it runs really good. They, they found a really good combination, a good, a good uh, mix of speed and power, and th- duration and performance. I was really happy with the setup. It'll cruise around at half throttle, no problem, and still be very mm-hmm. aerobatic. You pour full throttle, it'll climb indefinitely, even with the drop mm-hmm. tanks.
1: Oh wow! <clears throat> now,
0: I tried it with both, with two batteries, a 5,000 milliamp hour and a 7,000 milliamp hour. Oh my gosh! Yes, six S seven 000. 6s S seven thousand. You're talking a whole lot of watt hours in that sucker. Yeah, that's a big battery. Uh, and it fit. It actually fit okay in there. It's a big battery, so you got it only fits like in one orientation. But that's yeah. fine. Uh, but it flies fine. Still has unlimited vertical with the seven S. And guess how much of a runtime I got with it?
1: I I don't know, but bring a lawn chair.
0: Uh, I needed to bring something because it was a long time, <laughs> put it this way. I got tired of flying and landed, even though I was waiting for the telemetry to tell me that the battery was getting too low. It never happened because I said, I got to It's like, so, I hope this telemetry is still working because it hasn't been warning me, but I asked, I asked Lee to come over. It's like, can you check the telemetry screen to make sure the battery voltage? He goes, yeah, it's this mount. I was like, really? Wow.
1: Huh. So more than 10 minutes, I presume.
0: More than 10 minutes. Okay. Wow. That's good. I got, when I landed, the timer said 15 minutes.
1: Oh my gosh. And it still
0: that, was going. It still had power to fly at least another couple of minutes. No problem.
1: I can't think of any airplane I want to fly that long.
0: Yeah. As I said, I was getting tired of flying. Lee can can attest to that. It's like I, I gotta land. I just it's <laughs> 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 I mean, well, for fifteen minutes. Grog needs a break. Right. Uh and and this was not like eking power, this wasn't like, you know, minimum RPM on an edge of stall through the whole flight. This was I was tearing up the skies with this thing with mixed. Float mixed... like a Mustang. I flew like a Mustang. I flew oh, like okay. I stole it. I wanted to make <laughs> I wanted a realistic uh determination of runtime on it. I didn't want to, you know, fudge numbers or anything. So Oh yeah. Uh, okay. so if you go with a 7,000, I didn't time it with a 5,000, but with a 7,000 thing ran forever. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. And yeah.
1: did you notice if it changed the behavior any, I assume it was a little bit heavier with the 7,000. Did it change, I don't know, like, uh, stability or did it seem to penetrate any better with the heavier battery?
0: Uh, penetration was the same. It did seem like it needed maybe one or two clicks more of up trim. Okay. Uh, but nothing significant. I didn't even change the trim. I just noticed this. Eh, I probably could use another trim, but oh well, whatever. Uh, but other than that, no, it seemed to be the same. I did some stall tests with both batteries. It seemed more or less the same. Um, okay. Might be slightly more aggressive stall with the heavier pack. Um, but it recovers so quickly. It's not a, not a deal breaker, not an issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so in summary, it, it's it's a really nice flying plane. Uh, I had a really good time just throwing it around the skies. Uh, it, it, flies really true. doesn't seem to have any bad habits. Um, if I could knock it is that it snaps, the snap rolls are great to the right, kind of not so great to the left. kind of a floppy snap on the left. It's kind of a slow really? barrel roll ish snap on the left, but to the right does really well. It's kind of weird. I don't know why. Yeah. I would have guessed the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Especially video. with the big
1: old four blade prop helping you roll left.
0: Yeah. Maybe because the plane is a little bit stable um, aerodynamically, yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, but you, it's it's got oleo struts too. So now, oh, what? Wait, there is a, one other knock I have on it, but it's it's a known knock, and they actually addressed it in the kit. Um, the strut doors for the main gears are apparently really delicate. Okay. And in the kit, it actually comes a replacement one that says, "Hey, we know there's a problem with these strut doors. If you break them, use these." replacement strut doors which are made from a different material that are more durable so i left the stock ones in just as a c and lo and behold I ended up breaking both of them and, uh, <laughs> uh, and i was able to do a field fix with some blend term tape that lee had uh, but yeah there's definitely but when you look at the new struts that are in uh, as a replacement you can tell it's a different type of plastic something a little so, more malleable
1: so what's the weak point is
0: where it attaches? Yeah, there's a pivot point. The little plastic pins where the strut pivots on near the gear, near the wing surface. Sort of a, okay. a plate, and it pivots in like a hinge. Hmm. And those little pins break. It they just broke off. And I oh, didn't, okay. didn't land particularly hard, but apparently it's a real brittle plastic. And I ended up seeing a thread on RC Groups that people were talking about this. And E-Flight has addressed it. I presume future kits will have it stocked, but the one I received had it as a separate part in a little baggie. It says, hey, use these instead. Oh, uh, okay. It's probably not a problem if you're flying off pavement, but since I was flying off the grass, um, oh, right. that's probably what happened. Uh, okay. But that was probably the only really knock on it, but it's they've already addressed that head on. So, anyways, um, look for my video. Uh, it's got, you mentioned before... I went up to Lee, and Lee did some nice video work, but his son has actually gotten quite adept at f- chasing planes with his quad. Don't ask me yeah. what quad it is, because it's just, I don't <laughs> know, it's got four motors and a camera. I don't know what it is. Some sort of racing quad thing. Well, is what is is it the
1: know. one that he bought at the swap meet you guys went to? You know, it might be. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, think I don't is. remember what that was, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think he bought it from uh, a flying buddy of Lee's, and... He uses a three D printed camera thing I printed for him some time ago, oh. uh, for his GoPro, and he says, "Hey, let me chase you around." He did it with the uh, the javelin I flew. Okay, <clears throat> it was the first time I tried it, and he did a really good job. So I said, "Hey, we're going to do it with the Mustang this time." And so, uh, in my video, there's interspersed some clips of him chasing around air to air footage, and he just did a pretty nice job. You know, he's still, you know, it's still a learning curve. He's still trying to practice to get better at it but he's I still had some some good usable clips out of it so oh awesome he's, yeah it's really neat
1: now uh speaking of cameras a plane that size should be able to carry a couple onboard cameras
0: uh yes I have some onboard footage I use my my go-to Mobius cam and I stuck in a couple different locations to get some onboard okay. footage it's funny because I I stuck it on the wingtip okay and it was like it wasn't even there when I flew it just on one wingtip just on one wingtip
1: Oh, my gosh. I would never do that, even on a plane <laughs> that size. I would be too scared to.
0: Well, I've done it on much smaller planes.
1: Well, I know you have. And then you've talked about how you almost <laughs> crashed because
0: of it. <laughs> yeah, the whole flight's cross-controlled, yeah.
1: But, yeah, a Mobius with a mount is easily two ounces.
0: Yeah, it's a couple ounces, and it's kind of bulky a little bit, so there's airflow. Yeah. No, no, this one, it was like, I was a little curious how it would fly. It was like it wasn't even there. Really? Yeah.
1: You renegade. Okay. <laughs> So you've got some good onboard footage, too. Yes. I hope you got some belly shots with the sequencing going on. I did. All right, cool. Now, you were talking about the propeller, and um, I was worried that a, a prop strike would cost you a lot of money, but I just looked it up on the website, and a set of four blades is only 13 bucks. Really? Which is less than I expected. So That's
0: nice. Yeah. In fact, I was just thinking about getting an extra set of blades in case I do have a prop strike. Now actually I did. It's on the video. I did have a prop strike taxiing, but mm-hmm. you know, it hit the dirt and oh, okay. threw up a little bit of a dust cloud, but it's just dirt and didn't hurt anything. It hit a little rut or something in the runway. But uh, yeah, in fact that's the thing on my on my to get list is a replacement prop blade just in case.
1: Alright. Cool. So I have one more question. You guys tend to go to these events where you're flying around with gasser and glow warbirds. Do you think this is something you could throw up with a gaggle of gas-powered P-51s? Yeah,
0: I think I could. I think I could keep up. Fly around at full throttle or nearly full throttle. but Right. Um, it's got a nice size to it, and um, uh, I'll give it a try. Okay. I think it could do okay. Well, okay, good. That'll be fun to see. Yeah.
1: Okay, did we cover all the ins and outs of the P-51?
0: I think we did. All right, and I've got else. a...
1: On the website here, it's available in two versions, bind and fly basic, which includes the receiver, right? And then plug and play. Mm. The plug and play is four sixty. The bind and fly is five hundred. So forty bucks for a receiver. And that's the smart receiver with telemetry.
0: Yeah, that's a really nice receiver. It's got the push button binding, so you don't use a bind plug. You just press the button on it for a couple seconds and it starts blinking. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, and it has the safe mode too as well. Safe select. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which yeah. i did test i just out of curiosity I, I set it up and was able to fly and land in safe mode yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it and
0: works and it works it's set up well so you just, i know a lot of people like that so i always give a shot
1: yeah yeah, yeah i accept I it for what it is but man I, I just feel like i'm wrenching those sticks when safe mode is on yeah <laughs> <It's
0: laughs> yeah you really gotta throw things in the corner and stuff so but yeah,
1: yeah. So how many channels is this thing? Flaps, gears, the four control surfaces?
0: Yeah, it's a six channel. That's it?
1: Yeah. Okay. I would have thought seven when you include safe, but I always forget that they somehow incorporate safe oh, without yeah, an additional channel.
0: That's interesting because safe is an additional channel, but the receiver itself doesn't pull that extra channel out to a pin. Yeah. So I, I learned that uh, some time ago and I was setting somebody else's up because they were having issues. I'm like, hmm, I wonder. Because this, this has been done on other radios too, even back in the 72 megahertz days where um, you'd get the actual decoder can decode more channels than they ever had pins for.
1: Your little orphan Annie decoder ring?
0: Yeah. In fact, it was a receiver. I think it was a high tech that people were able to pull the signal off of the decoder directly and hotwire an extra channel into the receiver yeah
1: wow uh you really got to be interested in radios to do that
0: (laughs) yeah well i was so i thought that was the coolest thing ever so yeah so i suspect that's what's happening because it's easier to make one decoder chip that does lots of different radios instead of having an individual system on chips or whatever the cost associated with development and dies and that kind of stuff so so i'm surprised
1: Right. i'm sorry questions just keep popping up in my head um two I more than the I can... meaning of life sorry right. all right it's got drop tanks as well oh yeah do... yep. uh, it looks like they're removable
0: yep uh, easily uh yeah they just kind of there's a key slider you just push them in and slide rearward and that's it what do you okay call that? it's got a rail sliding rail.
1: Yeah. okay yeah it sounds like the ordnance on the a10 is the same way yeah and I guess with the control surfaces, the retracts, the doors, you've got a bajillion servos in there. Does it have a separate BEC?
0: Uh, it's built into the speed controller.
1: Oh, okay. Because uh, my A10, and maybe because it has two speed controls, but it's got two opto speed controls and a separate BEC. Oh,
0: okay. Maybe that's why. Yeah, they don't want to interfere with each other. There was an extra BEC plug. Not quite sure. I meant to look into that. When I was looking at it, I saw an extra plug just kind of dangling. I was like, what's this? And it had a... A JST? No, just a regular a servo connector. Oh, okay. And it had a label on it, something about BEC something, external BEC or something like that. But uh, I ran everything off of the speed controller. I didn't I didn't change anything. Everything was already pre-plugged into the receiver. I don't remember seeing anything in the manual about tweaking that up. So I think there's the option for an external BEC, but I didn't didn't need it. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, six is okay. I I usually don't have a problem running up to six on the BEC.
1: Well, yeah, I was just more interested in all the different things you're trying to drive.
0: Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, the, it's got a lot of
1: nine servos plus retracts, three yeah. sets of retracts. So,
0: yeah, that's a particularly powerful BEC. Yeah, it's
1: a lot of bits to be moving around. <laughs> yeah. Granted, you're probably never going to be moving all of them at once, but mm. hmm. all right. Well not to beat a dead horse. <laughs> get it. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we're we're done with this Mustang.
0: We are done. All right, no. what's next? Don't know. Uh the the day I brought out the MiG, I I also brought up my uh, I talked about my warlock. It's a little half A powered plane okay. that I brought to the the, uh, the the old kind of the old school fly in. Okay. Vintage oh, yeah, flying. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that I had, it had didn't have a whole lot of power. and I was, Oh, right, right. Yeah, so I had uh, taken off one of the shims in the head when I got home and re-ran it. I noticed a significant boost in power and RPMs. So I decided to take it back out and try to fly it some more. And, yeah, it definitely has an imp- improved performance in flying.
1: Okay. So, oh. What kind of nitro do you run in those Hafe engines? Uh,
0: I I run between twenty four and thirty five percent.
1: Okay. Do you find that the TDs need that much? Or you, do you even run any TDs? Yeah, I have a TD. My um, QT has a TD. Okay, <laughs> your QT has a TD. My QT is oh. a TD. <laughs> okay, I okay. see.
0: I get that for all the yin-yang jokes. <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, so, so I yeah. wonder if
1: you could run a TD head on that O61. Oh, wait, no, that's that's not a Cox engine. Right? No, it's a Norvel.
0: Uh, Although I think some Norvels can run a Cox head, as a matter of fact.
1: Huh, okay. So if I remember right, the TD heads have slightly more compression than the standard head.
0: Uh, yeah, it has uh, a higher compression head. Yeah, you can hmm. get different heads. Well, I was running a lower compression because I had an extra shim in there, so I uh, right, took uh, the shim out, and that definitely made a change in performance uh so uh, i forgot i left the extra shim in there to break it in and so once i did that it definitely is winding up more uh, so it, it was very it was, the performance was noticeably better i was having a good time flying it around it's a pay runway so i can take off from the have my little half eight and a throttle so i can take off from the rog takeoff um, cool it's still a little bit sluggish on takeoff it's kind of got have to let it get on step for a couple seconds once you take off but once it's up and running it's, it runs really good very aromatic mm. lots of fun
1: cool yeah and this is a kind of a micro pattern plane if i remember
0: yeah it looks like a little tiny chaosy looking plane
1: <laughs> what kind of flight time are you getting
0: about six minutes
1: oh my gosh six! that's a minutes. long time with half a
0: yeah, yeah yeah it's okay. got like a one ounce one or two ounce tank in there one ounce i think all right, cool. Separate supper fuel cool thing. Yeah, it's a pretty efficient little engine. So, I think I'm still kind of breaking it in a little bit, but I, because the last flight, it, I noticed it seemed to wind up a little more.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I'll experiment with props and stuff. I think. um What's on it now? Uh, it's got a um, was it mass air screw six four. Okay. It's a Norval Big Mig 061. one. All right. So you're thinking more pitch. No, not more pitch. Some people seem to think uh, like a six three, maybe an APC six three will let it wind up a little higher. Uh, I got your less pitch. Okay, <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. yeah, so got to find the right power curve with the thing. So I'll experiment.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, I think they make some five and a half series or five and a half inch props too. So,
0: uh, yeah, they got a five point five by four point five. In fact, I think yeah. I have one. Uh, yeah, so it's just a thing. Experiment.
1: Yeah, you have some options because
0: yeah. okay. the first prop was actually a five three on it. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of a dog with that. It flew okay, but it was, you could tell, I needed more oomph. So. Yeah.
1: now it's funny. We While we're on this topic, um, there's a lot of rules of thumb with you know, just different prop things. And mm. uh, for instance, they say when you go from two blade to three blade, you lower the diameter by an inch and increase the pitch by an inch. And that's probably true in a lot of instances, but when you're talking on a smaller and like this half-A stuff, an inch is a huge percentage of what oh, you're looking yeah, at. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, you know, it,
1: once you get up to 12-inch and whatever, that's probably where it's more accurate. But, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if those generic rules of thumb like that hold true at all different sizes.
0: Yeah, these are little engines that don't have a whole lot of power. They tend to make up make it up in RPMs versus having a whole lot of power. So. You gotta right. be careful not going to too much pitch. You gotta try to just the right balance of RPM and
1: pitch noise speed
0: and noise and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Although this was not too bad, it has a muffler on it, which is kind of neat. Okay. Uh, so, uh, I'll next time I take it out, I'll play around with it. But I don't know if I want to fly it again.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, Anyways, cool.
0: Just wanted to update because I talked about it before. So.
1: So nice. you took the MiG twenty one and the P fifty one and the Warlock all at the same time?
0: No. Just the MiG-21 and the Warlock were one day, and then I went another day to meet Lee to fly the uh, P-51 at his field.
1: Okay, okay. Because I was wondering how you were going to fit that MiG-21 and the P-51 in your little car
0: at the same time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not really. But you have a
1: trailer, right?
0: I have a trailer hitch. I don't have a trailer. Oh, okay. One day I'll get a trailer. I plan to get one at some point. Okay, maybe that's uh, my Christmas present or something.
1: Yeah, but until then, we we'll just have to take one big yeah. plane at a time.
0: Yeah, if I go to a show, you know, maybe I'll rent a U-Haul or something like I did before. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's probably cost-effective.
0: Yeah. Well, that's enough about me. What? Uh, what's on your bench? What have you been up to?
1: Well, um, to tell you the truth, RC-wise, I've done very, very little.
0: What you slacker?
1: Yeah. No, I, I. I'm not going to argue with that, and dare I say, maybe a little bit of burnout that I didn't see coming. You know, I worked hard and fast to get that 1951 flying wing going, yeah. and I was happy with it and all that. I didn't feel burned out, but I just haven't felt motivated to do the next stuff on my list since then.
0: So it's yeah. understandable. Sometimes you need to just take a break.
1: Yeah, and that, like I talked about last time, I did the I took the Waco and the C47 out. Um, mm. two weekends ago and then had a mysterious crash with that, that I haven't figured out yet. And so that whatever wind I had in my sales kind of oh. took that out as well. So yeah, I guess I'm just in a little bit of a slump motivation wise, but as always, it'll, it'll come out.
0: Maybe you need to play and, a video game or something.
1: Uh, yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> in the meantime, I, I did get my 3d printer out of the box and working.
0: Well, oh, there's um, your distraction. There you go.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've had it, in the house for a couple months. I bought the Creality Ender-3 Pro at the same time Lee bought his. Yeah. Uh, they were on sale and it took a couple months for them to get it to me. And then once it got here, it probably sat for another month. And then a couple nights ago, I had a little bit of time, so I took it out of the box and put it together. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, mine's working fine. The only thing I've printed with it are some gimbal covers for my Spectrum radios. The, help protect the joysticks when i put them in uh, my pistol cases and those have come out good i'm sure there's some fine tuning i can do to make it better but, but i'm not i'm not too worried about the finish on these things um but yeah no gripes it's uh, you turn it on and push the button and it just does what it's supposed to yeah, do. so far it. <laughs> yeah, and per Lee's suggestion, I got on one of those user groups on Facebook about it, yeah. and I was a little bit scared with that also listening to Lee's experience when he was trying to print the tall parts that all I was really hearing were problems with this thing. And so uh, I didn't quite know what to expect, but if my initial experience is any indication, uh, I think it'll do the the low-grade stuff that I typically use a 3D printer for with, hmm. with no problems i doubt i ever use its full volume or close to it and the print volume that is so oh, never, yeah. never!
0: you never know well
1: that's true but uh, as of now the things that i have ambition to print don't come near the the volume of what it's capable of so my only gripe so far well there's a couple gripes. one is that the manual that it comes with is garbage <laughs> the stuff they tell you is fine, but they tell you maybe 50% of what you need to know. Oh. They tell you how to physically put it together, but then there's all this other stuff to, to actually get it started. But, you know, there's a million YouTube videos, so just pick one and that'll tell you what you need. But it's got this cool little magnetic mat that's flexible and prints on that. And the idea is when your print is done, you lift it up and you just flex the mat and it pops off.
0: <laughs>
1: and that, that works well if you can get to it while the... The mat is still warm from the heated bed,
0: mm. but I
1: found that if it sits until it cools off, man, that stuff seems to stick like glue. And in the process of trying to get some cold prints off, I've burgered up my mat and put Ooh. a crease in it. I folded too much and put a crease in it on one side oh. and then I flipped it around and then uh, used the scraper that it comes with and left some garbage behind with that. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: Now, now my Prusa also has a similar thing. It has a. How's yours held? Is it magnetic or? Yes. Or, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, my Prusa has the same thing uh, as a magnetic mat, which is my first one having that, and it, it, both sides are usable on this one, on mine, which is kind of neat. <clears throat> uh,
1: mine's not.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I guess the Prusa one's a little different. They actually have two different types of mat. One has sort of a uh, powdered coating; it has a surface texture to it, and the other one's smooth. Okay. And I got both just out of, just out of curiosity. I was saying, Something funny happened since I've been printing nylon. And nylon is uh, kind of tough to print, and it tends to shrink a little bit as you print it. Mm-hmm. And what happened was some of my bigger prints, it was pulling up the plate from the bed. So it was oh defeating gosh. the power of the magnets. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: So I was like, damn. If so it's I, anything I, like the,
0: the thing on mine, that magnet is stout. It is. These are very stout. These are rare earth magnets, and it pulled them up. So I had to, for large prints, I have to go use those uh, binder clips, little black. Um,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking about.
0: The document clips. Yeah, document clips around the perimeter when I print something really big in nylon, because otherwise it'll pull it up off the bed.
1: Huh. Hmm. That's a workable solution?
0: Yeah, it's a workable solution. It's fine. Yeah, it works. It's just a little more clunky because I had to put these clips on, put like yeah. half a dozen clips around the perimeter. Uh, but they don't get in the way. I, I have to put the clip on and like take off part of the metal. You can squeeze and pull off the metal handle of the clips, uh-huh. uh, so they don't bind on anything. But that yeah. solved the problem. Okay.
1: Yeah, the printer, the 3D printer that I got from you several years ago. I use those same clips to, to keep the bed in oh, place. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you're gonna print a 3D plane.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, we shouldn't spoil too much, but it sounds like Lee has had a lot of success with his new printer finishing up that Cessna he was working on. So yeah, yeah. Uh, for now, I think I'm going to live vicariously through him.
0: <laughs>
1: but I will say that I have been uh, tempted to do some sort of 3D printed plane, but I'm stuck on this idea that rather than printing the whole airplane, I'm wondering if you can just print strategic parts and fill in the the large flat surfaces with foam, depron or uh, fanfold or whatever you have. Huh. So can you print a leading edge and a spar and then leave a slot to slide in foam or something like that? I
0: don't know. Worth it trying. Yeah. Give us it, a thought.
1: Yeah. So I think you kinda you hit diminishing returns very quickly quickly when you start using the 3d printer for you know, large flat areas yeah so i i don't know if there's any real advantage but it's something i want to explore and see if it's worthwhile so there's that
0: well I'm glad to hear you got a back up, up not back but up and running yeah, finally. yeah back in business finally man jeez <laughs> right a with, a with the cool man. kids uh, right
1: and of course as soon as i got mine unpacked and going lee called and told me that they were on an even bigger sale at micro center (laughs) really he said they had mountains of them for 200 bucks a pop
0: wow yeah wow and that was
1: one you would take home that day
0: yeah yeah but at least yours yours is mostly built right
1: uh yeah i bought the assembled version so uh, all the electronics are put together you still have to do some basic assembly but Mm. Not much. I mean, it's maybe an hour's worth of bolting together (laughs) some eighty twenty and plugging in the components.
0: Yeah, my Prusa took, I think, what, three nights to build that thing? Three or four nights? Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good. Well, we look forward to seeing what you come up with. So do I. Well, you're kind of handy with Cat, aren't you?
1: (laughs) I would never describe myself that way. I've tinkered with it a lot, 2D and 3D over the years. And any success that I've found with CAD has come at the cost of inordinate levels of time invested. Oh. Did so, you ever take any in school, CAD classes or anything? I did. I, when I was a senior for our senior design program, we had to do some AutoCAD and Pro-E.
0: Oh, Pro-E. Ooh, fancy. Yeah.
1: All right. And so uh, <laughs> you know, I've got whatever experience with that from 25 mm. years ago. And then throughout my career, I've done a little bit of 2D. And then uh, when I was in the the plastic injection molding world, I did a little bit of 3D then. But never enough or frequent enough that I was competent or fast at it. It yeah. was always a matter of, I knew I could do it, but I had to research the certain you know, keystrokes and whatever to, to get done what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where anybody who has some time invested could just you know psh, oh yeah you do this and this and this and bada bing there it is <laughs> so just like that yeah so I would say I'm not intimidated I'm just not very fast at it mm. but at home I use the Fusion 360 which yeah I think that's what most people use and yeah, it's again I, I feel like I can get from point A to point B but I just have to stare at it and watch videos and figure it out.
0: Yeah, it's the same for me. I, I kind of need get. I do what I need to do at the time, but I don't spend the time really just to play with it or just to be more whimsical and just work on more complicated projects. Yeah. Uh, I don't really need to do that. Because I use Fusion 360 too. Mm-hmm. Well, I use a combination. I use a, either use OpenSCAD or Fusion 360, depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. I've never tried OpenSCAD, but I assume yeah. they're similar. I, I, for, for the longest time, I preferred OpenSCAD because it was... You know more like programming, and it was easy to to do a lot of things I wanted to do, but it's not good for certain things, it's not good for organic shapes and it's can be a little clunky for other things, but for relatively simple stuff, I can usually whip something up pretty quickly on hmm. it,
1: okay, yeah, I'll have to get back in there and when I get a wild hair and yeah brush off all the dust Ooh, all right. Oh. Right. Well, another thing I wanted to mention, and I brought this up a little bit during our live show, but then quickly hushed myself because I was still sworn to secrecy. But our friends who were recently on the show, uh, Steve and Jack Niesgoda, who are foam board designers extraordinaire. I guess Jack is the designer and the pilot. Uh, Steve is the artistic uh, force in that duo. But they have released a website called 13th squadron and ah. and they have many of their plans and information about them available for download and information about them it's 13th and that's numeral one three squadron.com check it out you can see their stuff now i know you were drooling over their p61 black widow yeah so that is out there and they've got uh, a lovely t6 as well and you know, I was drooling over the C-47 because whenever I see a C-47, I think of a Waco as well. <laughs> uh, but they've got that. They've got a really great mosquito. Oh, um, mostly. Uh, it,
0: nice. Yeah, it's
1: almost all World War two warbirds. And how they make foam board into these compound curves uh, is still beyond me. But they're doing a super
0: job with it. That's great. Good for them. Yeah. We'll have to put a link in when the show goes live. Yep, Take I'll
1: do that. So, yeah, they're, they've got the website. They're also on Facebook and Instagram and maybe other places. I don't know the full gamut yet, but uh, oh, looks like they have a YouTube channel too. So check it out, download, build, enjoy. And we'll be keeping tabs on them. They're good people.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't heard on our show, some episodes back, they were on the show, and they were a great guest, so look them up if you haven't listened to them.
1: Yeah, and I haven't pointed this out yet, but Jack, the designer, he's 16.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Which you, you at the same time, admire, and you shake your fist at. Like, kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, if he's not designing real planes by 30, then he uh, somebody needs to smack him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, he said that's his ambition, right? He yep. wanted to design clinch for Lockheed Martin, so
0: he seems that's to right. be well on that path. that's right. Good for him. Best of luck, Rome. Yep. I talked briefly that I had um kind of a you you're talking about being burnt out in projects. I got another project after a build this year I've built uh what, two, three kits? Two? What did I do? The uh oh I can't remember. Well, you did Uh, the javelin. I did the javelin, and then I did the the beaver, the mustache model works. Oh, right. Yeah. And both of those
1: are involved kids. Yeah. So not little. And I think more importantly, both of those were, I shouldn't say under duress, but under a deadline where you don't do it at your leisure. You do it because you have to get it done by a certain date. And that really puts a very different vibe to the whole building process, I think.
0: It does. It does take a little bit out of the, I won't say out of the enjoyment, but it does put a little bit more pressure on, you know, I got to get this done. going to get done quick? Uh, And, you know, uh, you're being under a deadline versus at my leisure is, you know, like I said, there is some differences. Uh, I'm
1: sure lots of people are shedding tears for you right
0: now. Yeah, really. But I understand. Well, I have another kit that this one will be more at my leisure, fortunately. Okay. Uh, It will be ultimately a a review for my channel, uh, but I'm under no hard deadline to get it done, as long as it's with a reasonable amount of time. And and this one is different. This one is actually, first of all, it's big. It's got a 100-inch wingspan, I think. That's big? Uh, This is a Schweitzer 126 Glider.
1: Ooh.
0: Yes. So this is, um, a, an old friend of mine contacted me, says, Hey, I'm working with what, you know, the, uh, the guys behind Tom Martin radio control. Um, they, they, they produced kits some time ago and I guess a bunch of designs and stuff and they're trying to kind of re- resuscitate them. And so they're offering short kits or will be offering of these designs, lots of neat stuff, some gliders, actually quite a few gliders and some old, old school power planes and stuff.
1: So to clarify for people who don't know what a short kit is, you get the parts specific to that plane, ribs and fuselage formers, uh, whatever else that has certain curvature. Yeah. You get those parts, but any things that sticks or sheets, you provide yourself.
0: Yeah. You get all the hard parts laser cut for you in the, in the basic stuff you can get at, that you can get at a hobby store or whatever and okay. that's not supplied for the most part so if you need just a stick of balsa or several sticks or some sheets of balsa they they don't include that that's just basic you can get yeah. that anywhere but the, I, like you said the ribs and the formers and that kind of stuff are laser cut
1: did you get the canopy as well
0: uh no i didn't usually you do but i think you can on the plans it just says go find a sig x canopy ah, okay. and just right. and just trim it to shape. So yeah. they didn't need to vacuum form anything special for it. Hmm. So uh, when I looking at their catalog, you know, I was looking around and like uh, saying, you know, what can I do? And I saw the 126. They actually make two of them. One's a little bit on the small side for my taste. Uh, and the other one is probably a little bit on the big side for my taste. But I decided, well, let me go with a big one. I never really had a big glider like this. And the 126 is a little special to me because that is, I did a lot of flying in a 126. A full that scale. Full scale. That was the first plane that I could fly solo um, that wasn't a two-seater. Okay. So when I, when I did I did a bunch of two-seater flying and, and I soloed that and they said, okay, you're competent in flying a two-seater. We're going to give you something with a little better performance. It has better glide ratio. It's more responsive to the controls. You can be in there by yourself. It's a little tighter fit, uh, and that's the 126. It's still very easy to fly, but uh, it's something kind of ease into higher performance planes. I use higher performance in quotes because nobody would really call a 126 a high performance plane. But <laughs> right.
1: and that's a Schweitzer? It's a Schweitzer. You know, okay. That factory is not too far from here.
0: Yeah, up in, up in New York. Yep. Uh, so I thought, well, we need to do one in the same paint scheme as what I flew. I actually flew, so... Let oh, me do the 126. Cool. Yeah, so that's my plan. Is to actually, I've actually flown three different 126s, but I'll probably pick the first one I flew, I think. Uh, I have some pictures of it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any pictures of me in it, but I do have some pictures of it. Uh, and... So I have the short kit. That arrived some time ago, but I've been so busy with other stuff, I haven't had a chance to get to it. And so... Um, the UPS guy just dropped off a whole bunch of wood that I bought from Balsa USA.
1: Oh, cool.
0: So I, I bought all the, I just went through the plans and I made a list of, you know, I need this, I need that. It looks like I need this. Machine. Oh, they don't
1: give you a, a parts list that you
0: need? They did not give me a parts list. Uh, so well, that's one thing I'll have to ask, tell them, say, Hey, you really need a parts list on this. It'd be good. Well, idea. you just made one, right? Yeah. I have one. That so your, I can give them my notes and say, here's that's what I got. Yeah, exactly. So, again, they're just kind of just starting up, so, you know, manuals and stuff is going to be slim. Mm-hmm. And so they want me to, you know, ask, you know, I can build it and kind of get my feedback and stuff. So um, that will eventually get on the workbench sometime. Um, not sure when I'll get to it. I'll probably try to get to it as soon as I can, but who knows. Um, I might do some live shows on it. Because I still got another plane I need to work on, too. I got the B-25 that's been itching the. Get done.
1: Oh, right. I forgot about
0: that. Yeah, that was really the next one on my workbench. So I might see if I can do parallel rearrange a workshop so I can have both on the workbench at the same time and I can bounce back and forth between the two. Oh, that's um, ambitious. Yeah, but hey, if you got ADD like I do, <laughs> it's, it's a plan made in heaven. <laughs> Uh, or model ADD—that's what I call it. Mad, yeah, <laughs> I'm mad. I got model ADD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it should be neat. Uh, I'm going to put spoilers in it. It's got, in fact, it's in the plans. It's got the spoilers and die brakes and a couple of different tow hitches. It's going to be really neat, actually. I, I look forward to building it.
1: Okay. Maybe
0: I'll put a pilot in. It, it looks just like me.
1: I was going to say at that scale, and you're about one fifth scale at 100 inches. You could probably get a, a fits like pilot.
0: Yeah, maybe 3D print one or something.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So is there anything unusual about construction? Is it just basically uh traditional ball supply it, it, and all
0: that? Yeah, far, best I can tell, it looks pretty much traditional ball supply. Nothing really weird. Um, the, the, about the weirdest thing, uh, I have to double check, but it looks like there is for the spar, not the spar, the spar joiner for the wingtips, the wings, mm-hmm. join yeah. in the middle. It looks like you got to take an aluminum tube and then bend it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, like what? Like bend it over your knee or something? <laughs> they get the dihedral. <laughs> Without creasing it? Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's what it looks like on the plans. And that's what the call out said. I was like, well, that's interesting. Hmm. There's now,
1: techniques for that where you fill it with sand or something like that.
0: Or find somebody you don't like and hit them over the head with it? Yeah, there you go. Um, oh, fortunately, though, there is a build thread on RC Groups. Somebody else built one.
1: Ah, okay. So
0: there's a whole bunch of pictures and stuff. So I, I downloaded a bunch of pictures and. I can make sort of a low-budget manual kind of thing.
1: Okay, cool. So is there a assembly manual yet,
0: or you just go off the plans? No, I just had just a bunch of plans.
1: Well, that's okay. That's old-school way.
0: Eh? Yeah. But like I said, they're just gearing up, and so um, we'll try to see what links we can come up with. They have a Facebook page. They're supposed to have a website, but I didn't see it active. I'll ask my contact to see if what's the story with the web page.
1: Well, in the meantime, you can go to Facebook and Tom Martin Radio Control.
0: Yes, looks like. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the link they show the the website link they show there goes to an Etsy page. Yeah,
0: so. yeah. I was told that pretty much everything is available for order, so I think they're just trying to catch up to make it look more professional. But they do have yeah. the stuff you see on the Etsy page. You can they'll, they'll cut the order, so to speak. Right. Okay. and uh, looking at their page I think we were talking about this earlier they have a, a Schweitzer 233 they were showing some pictures of yeah. and uh, I think that's neat because that was the first glider I ever took a ride in it uh, a 233 uh. Uh, and it's, it's so it's so old school it's got struts and it's. <laughs> the horizontal these... stab
1: on that 233 looks comically small
0: Uh, <laughs> it's good enough but yeah it is it's kind of kind small of... looking considering the, the yeah. frontal area uh, but the great thing about these switchers is they're really easy to fly. Yep. Uh, I remember when I got, after flying those, I got into a, um, um, uh, it was an L-19, who makes those? Uh, not L-29, L-29 from, it's made in the Czech Republic. Okay. a uh, composite thing? No, they're all metal. Okay. Uh, and I was all over the sky trying to fly this thing because I wasn't used to the, the edit coordination needed for the rudder and some other stuff. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, these Schweitzers, they they're not terribly high aspect ratio, or there's nothing crazy about them.
0: Blanik, that's it, the Blanik.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Is it a full flying elevator on the model? I'm looking at the picture here, and I don't see a hinge.
0: No. Thing. Yeah, okay. there's hinges. No, it's not full flying. Okay. No, uh, no, they weren't full flying. Guns. Okay. And one last thing, it's funny when you're flying. They warned me about this when I first got into the 126. It says. They said, it's going to talk to you. And you know, they're like, <laughs> talk to me? And what it does is when you're flying, it does what they call oil canning. Okay. Because it's got thin skin, uh, metal, you know, aluminum, whatever, and it mm-hmm. sort of flexes and tweaks and twists when it's in the air. So you, when you're flying, you hear the metal kind of creaking and popping and kind of just talking to you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they said, don't worry about it. That's just normal. It's just what it does. Hmm, okay. Oh, one last last thing. Did I tell you about the scare kind of scare I had with the one twenty six once?
1: You have not. I don't oh, think. Oh, I didn't
0: t- oh yeah. So the club at the time when I was um flying had two one twenty sixes. One was a normal canopied one, the other one was an open canopy one. And uh, I normally flew to closed canopy. I just like closed canopy stuff. But okay. one day I was like, Well, I'll try to open canopy. Either I just wanted to try it or it was the only one available. I can't remember. And so, okay, well, I've flown one twenty six a bunch of times. it so just be open canopy; it should be an interesting experience. And almost immediately after I took off, I was really worried because it was not responding very well at all, especially in the ailerons. The ailerons are almost like almost non-responsive. I'm like, what the something so wrong?
1: Did, the stick would move, but the airplane wasn't doing
0: exactly. It, it, okay, <laughs> the stick would move, but the airplane wasn't exactly moving when I told the it to or it would okay. move very slowly or or sluggish or it was like a large delay i'm like do i have a control failure or something because we always check the controls but i was like oh. something is not right so i ended up pulling off the toe real early i was only maybe 300 feet up and i said I, I can't something's wrong i'm scared i'm scared i'm gonna either either a i'm gonna pull the tow plane all out of whack or i'm oh. gonna lose control or something so i released and as uh, soon as I released, it seemed to settle down. It was much more controllable and ended up doing a downwind landing on the runway. And uh, instructors came out and said, you know, what happened? You got off real early. Is something wrong? I said, yeah, I barely had control of the thing. I was scared I was going to you know, do something bad or something bad was going to happen. I don't know what's going on with this thing. And they just looked at me and goes, well, just use a rudder. <laughs> That's literally what they told me. <laughs> I'm like, there's something wrong with the plane. He's like, no, I'll just use a rudder. But there's something wrong with the plane. No, just just use the rudder in it. That are like some planes, some even though they're the same plane, some behave different than others. You just got to adjust. So, so the, the ailerons okay.
1: on that one are just ornamental.
0: Uh, Under toe. they were more or less ornamental, uh, kind of. Uh, once, you, once you got off, I the, ended up using, just, using, using a lot of rudder, and it did help. But mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I don't know if I like this plane that much. Yeah, that would have been nice to know
1: before you
0: first <laughs> yeah, know. Exactly. You could have told me this before. Um, the only difference, I think, is... Placard in the cockpit. Well, FYI. there was a slight difference. Now that I remember, the I think the other 126 had taped hinge gaps on the ailerons. Mm-hmm. So the hinge yes. gaps were taped, and I think this other one had, did not have hinge caps on the hinge tape and I think that might have been a difference a little bit but it was, it got my attention real quick when I took off and that was you know, that was and then, then on the second flight I lost my hat because I leaned out the wind uh, <laughs> leaned over a little too much and the wind blew my hat off I was like, son of mm-hmm. it, I like that hat too <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was the last time you flew in the open cockpit
0: that was the last time I flew in open cockpit so I'm not modeling the open cockpit version because me and the open cockpit <laughs> don't, don't have a good understanding with each other mm-hmm. So that's my story, okay. And I'm sticking to it.
1: All right. Well, Mister Flatlander, how are you planning on getting this thing airborne?
0: Uh, uh I want to find a javelin, Olympic javelin thrower. <laughs> uh, probably what I'm going to do is use the services of the glider club over on the other side of Houston. Okay. At place called Scobie Field. Uh, I forgot the name of the club, but there's a bunch of glider guys over there. At and, Scobie. At Scobie, yeah. Oh. Basically, well, right next to Scobie. Hmm. If you're not familiar with Scobie Field, it's a neat place. It's on a public property in a... Um, Georgia, uh, George Bush Park? Yeah, it's George Bush Park. Yeah, and we'll I think te- it. technically it's a, for overflow of water when it floods. It's a it's kind of a reservoir, but it's, it's dry 99.99% of the time. Hmm. And so they've got a regular RC club, and then basically across the street-ish is a control line club and a glider club and so it's like model nirvana i think i've talked about this before and there's a bunch of glider guys that they're pretty consistently and they usually bring up their winches as well uh, so i've talked to them we've i've talked to them before and then last time i talked to them i said you know i asked them, yeah, would you mind if i brought one of my planes up to fly with you guys and maybe use your toe and they said yeah yeah no problem just come on over and we'll you we can use our winch and that kind of stuff so Oh. Uh, so I think I'll take advantage of that generosity and bring this big arse glider over there and have some fun with it.
1: Well, first of all, I'm patting myself on the back for not making a winch joke. <laughs> Second of all, um, my mild understanding of winches, I've used high starts and aerotow obviously before, but mm. never a winch. I kind of thought winches were pretty rough on airplanes
0: spars specifically Uh, they can be if you're if you're not you don't have the finesse to use them Um, I notice a lot of times what they'll do is yeah they can be I've heard stories about people folding their wings off of winches and I've seen some pretty aggressive stuff but you can modulate the winch with your foot pedal so I think that's the key to do it because I've seen them launch and they'll go up they'll kind of sling it up pretty good but then they'll near the top or something they may modulate they'll turn it on and off pulse it Okay. And that can kind of prevent the ramp. Also, you can buy your, fl- way well, you fly it, too. Don't pull a lot of elevator uh-huh. uh, and putting a lot of force on the wing. So there's ways of getting around it, but this okay. is a big plane, so I don't think it's going to, it's, it's going to overspeed or do anything too bad. You know, right. I may, you know, I may even have one of the guys do it, you know, modulate the winch for me All right. first uh, to see how it's, they're more expert at it. I've never actually used a winch. I've only seen it. So, that may be all I need just to fly it and let somebody else winch it the first few times.
1: Just promise me you'll equip the model for aerotowing as well.
0: Uh, yes, I plan to do that. I'm going to have a server release for the aerotow. Okay. So I okay. may do both. Well, I I will do both, but um, I don't know which one I'll do first. So maybe I'll do an aerotow first. I don't know. That may be easier for me. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Lee has that uh, carbon cub, right? That's right. He's got a big plane, because it's going to take a big plane to get this thing up. Do you think, what's the weight supposed to be? You know, I don't know.
1: It's a good question. Because, I mean, it's really, I guess it's bigger, 100-inch, but, I mean, it's not a huge airplane, glider-wise.
0: Well, uh, that's a good point. Uh, Is it 100-inch?
1: I thought or that's what you inch. said it was. It's 100-something
0: 100 inch, but it may be 120. Okay, so, yeah, that's, that's it's bigger. It's big. <laughs> it's good size, but, yeah, you're right, it's a glider. It's lightweight, so. His uh, his big uh, plane, so maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll go meet up with Lee and just do aerotow first.
1: And I think that uh, the Cub comes equipped with an aerotow rig. Yeah.
0: So it was, yeah, yeah,
1: okay. I'm just thinking out loud here.
0: Yeah, it'll have a wheel. It has a wheel on the. Oh yeah, it's gonna. Is it retracting or is it? No, it's not retracting. It has a center wheel and two outrigger wheels. Okay. Oh, I should talk about the brakes. If you've never flown a 126, it has different brakes than a normal glider.
1: Aero brakes? No. Or you're talking wheel
0: brakes. Okay. Wheel brakes on the ground. Most gliders have wheel brakes. It's like the the Blanik I flew had a little lever. You pull up and it was a, a wheel brake. It was crude, but it was you know better than nothing. The 126s didn't have wheel brakes. If you wanted to break it, you had to plow the nose into the ground because it had a skid. Huh, There's like a, a waco. Yeah, exactly. There's a little skid on the nose. And so it and It's meant to be abrasive. You just... Put full stick forward. And uh, there you eat go. Dirt. <laughs> eat dirt. <laughs> Those things were no frills. <laughs> frills at all. That's half, right. Half the ones I flew didn't even have trims.
1: <laughs> hey, every pound counts, right? <laughs>
0: so. oh, all right. Well,
1: good. Are you given any sort of ETA on this?
0: No, um, I wasn't. So, but I, you know, I want to be reasonable about it. So, okay, what sure. I'll probably do is just. Pick on it, just put it, set it up and and just, I was thinking about setting up one of my um, workbenches and it'll be, it'll live there semi-permanently as I tinker with it here and there. Yeah, Yeah, just Uh, get a
1: rib or two a day and it'll be done before you know it.
0: Kind of like eating an elephant, right? A little bit at a time? Exactly. Yep. One bite at a time. That way not a rush and I'll try to take some videos and maybe do a live show or two about it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
1: Mm. All right. Well, good. I look forward to seeing your progress on that right yeah
0: right now
1: are we out of topics to talk about
0: I think we're out of topics I think we tortured everybody enough okay I think we I guess we did okay without Mr. Lee
1: I know he was missed but uh who yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, we will make sure he is with us next time for his colorful commentary and cheery disposition (laughs)
0: I'm sure he will. He can uh, talk about all the excitement he had with his stuff. Apparently, he's been pretty busy with some modeling stuff, so I'm sure he has some stories.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to ask him about when he returns.
0: When he returns. All right. So, on that note, I guess we are done here? We are. All right. Well, I need to go pack. You needed to go do something other than modeling, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm starting to get the
1: itch again after a few days off. So, yeah. We know it's incurable.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've it was
1: just in remission for a few days.
0: I remember some years ago I took like a year or two off, but that's about all I could handle. Like completely off? Um, yeah, I think so. Or just
1: relatively speaking. Okay.
0: Relatively speaking, but, yeah,
1: I all think right, pretty much.
0: I, I think, think I'd I mean, have to be in a coma. I think when I first moved to Houston, I took like a year off because everything was in storage. And hmm, I'm going to dispute that. No, I didn't. What do I? Because no, I you didn't. moved
1: to Houston. I was already talking to you. With, You're right. Yeah.
0: You're right. Uh, I was. I had slowed down, but I think back in the '90s, I had taken a year off. I think.
1: Yeah, I took a few years off, and I thought we were saying goodbye. But since we got into this, <laughs> I, I took a few years off when I get into off-road RC oh. racing uh, in high school. So. And that maintained through college. But then once I graduated college and got out to Houston, I started uh, with the JSC club. And, mm. yeah, it's been rabid ever since.
0: Actually, it flew quite a bit in college.
1: Yeah, Riddle has a very active RC club, or did at the time. I don't yeah. know why I never took up with them.
0: I don't know why either. So, you yeah. should have. Well, probably because you're too busy studying, studying stuff. Maybe. You nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That would well,
1: suggest that I got really good grades.
0: <laughs> well, well, I think I mentioned before that um, your major was known as going through college on hard mode.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> at the time. So I can and see uh, you've
0: been pretty busy studying.
1: Yeah, out of curiosity, I actually, I had to look up my transcripts the other day. And so I went to the Roto website and the same degree program requires fewer credit hours now. So I'm not quite really? sure what's different. Yeah. So I have to see what they changed or took away that they found unnecessary. Mm. Maybe it was those pro e courses.
0: <laughs> People complaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. anyway, oh, yeah it was
1: uh, Yeah, I I was too dumb to know that it was rough at the time. So that's <laughs> the You're innocence right. of youth. Dude, wait, this is normal, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Uh, I know what you mean. Actually, mine I had a lot of mine involved a lot of lab work because I took I had a minor That involved a lot of lab work. And then my major also involved a lot of lab work. So I was kind of double. But that didn't mind because I actually like the lab work.
1: Yeah, getting your hands dirty is
0: always fun. Oh, yeah. I did all kinds of cool stuff.
1: Okay, now we can really say goodbye.
0: (laughs) Okay, for real. We are leaving.
1: All right, thanks for listening.
0: All right, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.